Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. Long time no here. How are you? <laughs> I'm just Jim Dandy. Um, just Jim Dandy. Uh, always competing with, with various constraints, not the least of which is the dog who's like desperately wanting attention and wanting to be fed. Instead, here I am with you. Yeah, yes. I'm not, not fighting with constraints like how much battery was in your recorder. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, George. George. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm just Just try to keep this professional. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's the title. Other, other, than feeding your, your, other than feeding your very, very demanding dog. <laughs> what else have you been up to this week? As though I don't already know. Shut up. I am just not talking to you anymore. I don't like you. Well, so. I will tell you, uh, this was uh, this was data week. You know, I, I was able to um, look at some logging data, um, and it, it, it this is this actually opens up a kind of interesting you know conversation across a couple different areas. One is is design, one is accessibility, and one is data, and all the the back end services that are that enable this kind of stuff to take place. And and it, some of it is even driven by some of our our reader comments and swirl on Twitter. And so, you know, amazingly, when I say you can reach me on, on where where all happy conversation takes place, Twitter, there actually was a little bit of a an old man fight that was taking, which made me think about all this stuff. So let's unwind some of that. So uh, I was looking at, at logging that shows the, the, the distribution of people's type font, type sizes with, with dynamic type. And that, you know, comprises, you know, both, you know, just larger sizes, super large accessibility sizes, and even smaller sizes. And I can't give numbers, but I can tell you that I was very surprised that there are a number of people that, that set the font size really low. I mean, which kind of pissed me off as, as somebody who now wears glasses and used to have eagle-eyed vision and used to piss off, you know, my mom when I would read things from, you know, jar labels from 20 feet away and to be able to say, yeah, no, it's monostudium glutate on the third line. Um, and she got pissed off, and now I'm similarly pissed off. And so that that then, of course, brings into questions about you know should we should we how how should we adapt the design of different components? And I know that we've spoken about this a lot, but it also kind of lends itself to discussions about how how any type of tightly packed design works because you know when you think about implementing dynamic type, there you know there are several WWDC videos, and and they show you an example which is. You know, I'm sorry, just a very easy problem to solve. If you've got a to-do list with an icon and 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 a list of text, you know, bumping up, tripling the font size, you know, it, it's a slight decision to be able to say, okay, what do you do to the icon? Do you scale that? Do you put it off? Do you get rid of it? But that is a vastly simpler problem than than trying to to deal with a design as as complex and as as tightly packed as something like our display page. And it all comes down to kind of what's the purpose of it? You know, you're navigating through an app and you're trying to make a decision. Do I watch this? Do I add it to my list? Um, and there's lots of different data and lots of different ways you could entice somebody to be able to do it. You know, you've got the, the, the title of it. You've got the, the caption. You've got some data about it, about, you know, other people who might like it or what the percentage we think that it's, it's right for you. And then, of course, you've got things like the, the imagery and, 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 and maybe some video. Um, and all of that data, you know, in order to assemble it into one view, those all come from multiple Mac backend services. Some of it doesn't change, like we discussed last week. Some of it is highly volatile. It will change, you know, you know, quite up to the last second. So there's a there's a kind of a data modeling and and, and caching problem there. And you know, now that I have this data, it, it begins to to have some additional discussions 
with with designers and and even data modeling to be able to say, well, now we we can kind of look and say, at what point do we need to put this information in front of 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 the member, and um, and do we need to have do we need to always have these super densely packed bits of of you know screens because as beautiful as they are, and you know. And this is me talking not as a designer and not as anyone who even, you know, pretends to be one in a screen movie, you know, something that that is as beautiful as it is in some ways is kind of fragile because there's no way that you can maintain the design as it is right now. So then it brings up the question, how might how might we consider changing it? And is this another case where where logging, you know, and looking at it from an accessibility problem may really help inform things for 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 you know people who don't use these technologies and 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 I argue that that is a good thing so that's that's what I've been largely up to this week but um we can talk about some of the the twitter floor, uh, swirl after I shut up for a second and give you a chance to get a word in edgewise and while I also pay attention to the dog <laughs> Heaven forbid you actually pay attention for me, because that would be well, like I, can I, I know for a fact that when I go into these screens, you know, you and and maybe even a fraction of the fractional listener just kind of say, okay, well, great, this is the time to really lean into the peloton, or you to be able to give instructions to <laughs> to the people who are adding plaster to your wall. I find, you know, I find it's a perfect time to do my taxes. Um, but there we are. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, when I'm not distracted by anything else. Um, <laughs> It's, no, I mean, this is, uh, yeah, this type of uh, design is, it's awkward, isn't it? Because, as you said, people change font sizes for all sorts of reasons um, in, in, in different times. So uh, my default setting for font size is, is the standard size. But when I wake up first thing in the morning and I'm not necessarily wearing my glasses, I, because I keep the... Um, uh, dynamic uh, type size is part of control center i can just up it a couple of notches to make reading the news in the morning easier or whatever else now i'm not necessarily watching netflix first in the thing in the morning so that one doesn't necessarily affect me so much but i think when you you say when you have a more complex layer it's not just does it look pretty because you might say well I'll just drop the images or drop the preview videos but often those images or those videos are also the call to action it's you know tap the image to play so if it's gone do you now need something else in there so it's not just do you start dropping things out of the ui when font sizes reach a certain size but what what things do you also introduce to the ui if font sizes to replace the things you're dropping out because they may have been there for for functional reasons in you know and you know previously you know it was it was hard enough having to design for different size screens, getting an app that worked well on, you know, what with you know, back in the old days when we just basically had a small range of phones from like, you know, the, the six S plus down to the S E. You know, you, you know, you you always wanted to make sure I was designing for the S E at the bottom or the iPhone five as it might have been still support them with the small screen was always really quite hard because you then, you know, looked either to look fine on that screen it always then looked like you weren't using your space very well on, on on the big screen so but you know now take into consideration not only do you have to design for different size screens but the font sizes on there may be different sizes you know this stuff is not easy and i don't think we have yet found i mean there's never going to be a a sort of a, this is the rule what you do but i think over time there's going to be more of a this is the expected behavior as you do this. And I think we're still very early in this where I don't think, I think the expected behavior between screen sizes 
is, is that it should always look the same if it can and, and work is fine. But with font size as well, I think we're we're still trying to work out how to make that work. And I think the answer is at the moment, no one has found the ideal way yet. That's true. And even there came that question because you, you brought up an important point um, is that, you know, the, the, for, for many people will say, well, it's like, well, I'd never change that. You know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think at at Phone setup these times, these days, they, they ask you some questions like, do you want dark mode? Do you want light mode? Do you want kind of compact? And from that, they, I think Apple intuits like, you know, should we bump up the font size? And But otherwise, the, the, the type slider is fairly hidden away, um, except for if people then add it to their control center. Um, and that's that's kind of a good place for it to be if you really depend on it to, to be able to use your the phone at all or if you use it to be able to use it comfortably at various times of the day, like when you wake up in the morning, your eyes are tired. And so then that 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 brings in the question of like, should some of that control go into the app itself? Should be should there be a way of be able to to, to change the, the, the density or some of the layout um, in the app itself? So that's kind of an interesting question. And I, I think the other thing, too, is, is you know, the, the, the behavior on something like an iPad versus a, a phone also kind of gives some, some, some guidance, I think. And, and because there are, are, there's also the potential of, you know, a lot of people, when I discuss this with them, it's like, well, I would never watch video on a phone. And, but on the other hand, there are plenty of people like, I only watch video on a phone. <laughs> That's because I'm, you know, a, a colleague of mine, um, a dear, dear colleague, uh, who's off in German, in his native Germany now, and he sent me this picture from a commuter train, and it was great. It was like it showed somebody with 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 a phone propped up against a bottle of beer, which was used as the 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 the, the stand, and the other one, another beer, was in his hand, <laughs> and then he had a big big Canadian bag on it. So I thought that was grand. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's it's this is all definitely uh, tricky stuff to, to to figure out, but I'm I'm glad that uh, that it's being discussed a lot. How was your week, Scotty? Uh, dealing with tricky stuff as well. Um, been trying to redesign the spending plan in Moneywell. Um, Moneywell is, is a budgeting app, so it's about trying to... It's, it's not just about tracking what you have spent, uh, although that is part of the process in order to see how much you're on plan, but making a plan for what you you are going to spend. And to do that, you you have a spending plan. Uh, the majority of which is very simple. I pay this much rent per month. I pay this much um, on car insurance per month or, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and the idea being you have a spending plan and as you get money coming in um, to your accounts, you allocate it to different um, categories as devised by the spending plan. The spending, spending plan say, well, if you want to achieve your plan, then this is how we recommend you allocate your your money, um, and a lot of that is simple. But then sometimes you know that there are far more complicated things. So, for example, you know you might pay your um, car insurance is an annual payment, uh, but it you know it may be quite a big payment, and you don't want to um, you, know, you you don't want to sort of suddenly have to pay that whole lot out of your monthly salary on the month it comes up. So you want to prepare for it. So you're basically saying in the future, you know, next November, I'll have this payment of X dollars, but I want to uh, make sure that um, I uh, have that much allocated in my plan. So proportionally between now and whenever that is, I mean, if it's 12 months, that's easy. It's divided by 12. If it's, you know, six months time, you 
might have to go divide by six, but then for the repeating payment a year later, divide by 12 to how much you're allocating from your current money towards future payments. But then you have things like um, I'm saving for a vacation and I want to save $2,000 for a vacation. Um, so I need to sort of try and allocate $2,000 of, 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 of spending. But of course, I might in two months time pay a deposit on that vacation of $500. So I don't, you know, that's fine. It's fine for me to spend now. I don't need to get to this to a total of $2,000. I just need to make sure that over the time between now and the vacation, $2,000 has been allocated, some of which will get spent um, you know, in the process. And, but then there's things like, uh, I may want a rainy day fund, and I want to always keep that rainy day fund at $5,000. So first of all, I need to reach $5,000 in my rainy day fund, and I'd like to do that by such a date, but then I need to keep $5,000 in my rainy day fund. So, you know, how much am I going to put into my spending plan to initially get me there? But then if I spend money from that $5,000, I need to recover that somehow and do, you know, and, and how do I do that? So actually it's quite, you know, there's quite a lot of complicated math that goes on in that to make that all balance out. Um, and MoneyWorld does all that currently, um, but some of it is a little confusing in how to set it up. And let's just say there are some some bugs in it in uh, fulfilling the spending plan. We call it filling buckets in there. So this week we've been talking about how, you know, how to do it. And the question always comes up is how much in our design process should we care about what it currently does and how much shouldn't we? So in other words, should we design how spending plans should work as far as we're concerned, and how the UI should be for them and how the math should work. And then once we've done that, worry about how we transition current users of MoneyWell and their data to the new system, or should we use the current system as a restriction on how we can do for a new system because, you know, this is supposed to be, um, you know, the next release of software that people are already using. Now, uh, you know, the, the fact is the spending plan isn't going to be like, you know, the goals of the spending plan are the same as they've always been in MoneyWell, even though some of the implementation might be difficult. So it's a little bit a bit like what you were saying with the, you've got to deal with different screen sizes and with different different type sizes. There are there are multiple variables here. We've got to work out how we actually want the spending plan to work and equally how much we pay respect to the current way the spending plan works, um, you know, Without doubt, we always are going to have to transition the current user's data to it. Um, you know, that, that's never a question. But how much the way that people are, you know, there are people who have been using MoneyWell for 10 years. And um, the spending plan hasn't been in MoneyWell for 10 years. It was a later edition. But, um, you know, you know, how much are we going to piss them off if we change some subtle things? Because setting up a spending plan can be quite a lot of work for people um, if they want to get it right. Um, yeah, so that's where we've been this week. So it's, it's a lot of... Um, uh, sort of trying to work out how things should work. And then, of course, the way I think it should work is not necessarily the way that someone else thinks it should work because budgeting is a very personal thing. So should we be opinionated and say this is the way money was going to do spending plans or should we try and be everything to everyone and just have this really, really flexible but maybe overly complicated system that no one can follow um, for it? So as you said, it's, it's design problems and um, it just turns out that um, design is hard. Who knew? <laughs> and dare I say it? No, I will never say it. No, I'm going to say it in public. Design, I think, is a, is you know, is a trickier problem than software. I think once you software can you know the mechanics of software development can be difficult, 
But if you have a if you have a goal that you know you have to achieve, in other words, if it's if you have a spec, um, and I'm not just talking about what it looks like, but what it does, then you can engineer your way to that solution. And even though it might require some complex core animation code or some complex you know, date calculation code, you know, the, it's, it's a, becomes a, a definitely an engineering problem. Uh, and engineering problems tend to either be, at the end of the day, solvable or not solvable. <laughs> um, and, and most of them are solvable, even though it might take a long time and a lot of code and whatever else. Whereas choosing what the goal of that software engineering should be is a far you know and understanding the people who are going to use the software is a far sort of like more of a um a moving target with not necessarily a right and a wrong and i think therefore it can be very hard i think if you if you choose to simply write very opinionated software which is probably why developers like the mac because it always says you know the mac always said it had opinionated software where opinionated software tends to be easier to write because you write it to your opinion as a developer <laughs> Um, and, and therefore, <laughs> right. it does something. Whereas flexible software, flexible software might be very powerful, but it also becomes very hard to use because it has no opinion, and therefore it assumes that you will generate your own opinion. And the reality is, there are some people when, when you're dealing with like personal finance software, like um, uh, like like Moneywell, you, you, there's tend to be maybe two. There's lots of categories of people to use it, but there, there are two two groups that are quite large within within that and that's you know the people who have very very particular ideas how they should budget and and they want their software to to enable them to to fulfill that idea and then there are people who have absolutely no idea how to budget but they know they desperately need to budget therefore they need the software to help them budget and <laughs> those two categories can make quite different demands on the same piece of software um so it's you know it's it's so by sometimes by by making everything incredibly flexible you suit one group whereas you leave the other group abandoned whereas helping you know some then helping the group that need the help you you piss off all the people who don't want the help they just need the equipment to get this done or you end up with multiple modes in the software and you end up with you end up with software that looks like Microsoft Word with seven thousand buttons to do everything and actually you know you know it's very very powerful but it's horrendous to use. Um, which isn't really what the Mac's about. So yeah, getting this, getting power, the right level of opinion and simplicity um, in the functionality, let alone the UI design that then implements it, is is yeah, quite quite challenging and eats up many many hours of time when you're thinking I should just be writing this darn stuff. Maybe if I just write the code, it will work itself out. <laughs> Scotty, this will be one of those rare. There are times when I'm just going to sit here and give you unfettered praise because that was that was that was actually a really interesting, thought-provoking short segment there. Because you know which which is more difficult, and and given what's difficult, you know what 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 is the software engineer likely to do? And while you were were talking about, I was thinking about kind of all the things I've ever worked on and and how at various phases in my career it's like yeah but you know i've made something so flexible it can do anything and if it can do anything chances are it does nothing well you know and and you know basically the the real art um is 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 trying to figure out what it should do and then also making a decision about what you want your software to 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 feel like and then sticking with it 
I was, I was going to say that, you know, this, this, this past week, um, embarrassed to say, but I finally filed my, my taxes. So it, it you know, it's fine. We, we all got extensions because of the pandemic. And, um, I had a more difficult tax situation this year than in years past. And it, this is a kind of an interesting thing. I think it's relevant to, to money. Well, because I, I use this thing called TurboDAX. I've been using it so long, you know, after, after you have a bunch of data in something, it just becomes easier to stick with it because usually it's just updating some values from last year. If you're tax situation doesn't change radically. But if it does, um, then it becomes a little bit tricky. And so their approach is to be able to say, you you never see anything that looks like a tax form or spreadsheet. You're always just being asked a bunch of questions. And they do their best to be able to suck in data for you. And so they'll ask you a question like, hey, you know, does this tax situation apply to you? Did you you sell some stock, for example? And last year I did. I exercised some options. um, And you know, it, 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 they were like saying this, no problem. This is going to be really easy. You know, we're, we're, we take security seriously, you know, go ahead and log into, to one of these. If, if one of these is your other financial institution, we can get the data for you. And it gives you this beautiful spinny animation. It tells you how great everything is. Um, and at the top left-hand corner of it, I think it's probably similar for money. While well, you always kind of have like the bottom line number. And so for tax, it's like, do you owe the O tax or are you going to get a refund? And, but before I got to this point, after having filled in, you know, carefully lots of different things, I was already set up to, to, to get, you know, a small refund. So I'm like, fine, this is great. And then this is this last detail and it really shouldn't change that much. But when it was all done, boy, did it change it. There was like this, the number was going tick, 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 down, you know, down to zero. And then, you know, then it was like going, no, you owe money. And it was like, you owe $45,000 in federal taxes. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. And this is this is where it becomes really tricky because you know because this is used by by millions of people and I have no idea how many people work on it but I, I will give a plug to it I think that you know they've made something that works in a browser that is, is feel secure I think is secure and 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 works really nicely I mean I, I can't imagine the the testing burden on this so kind of kudos for for to Intuit for this stuff. And and they have, you know, depending on, on what type of program you're using, I, I use one that's for self-employed people. Um, and so they said, you know, you can talk live with with an account at any time. So I tried it, you know, and that was kind of a whole interesting thing unto itself about how they can they can they can see your screen and can can point and say, hey, this is tap this button. They don't see your data. They don't see those things, but they can say tap here, for example, and then you can ask them questions. And, and that I thought was helpful. But in the end you kind of had to drop down to the level of like some number was reported on this form that was given by by this entity and that critical piece of data affects how something else is calculated based on data that came from another entity and and the amount of time it took to be able to to kind of get those th- th- two things connected once i did then all of a sudden it's like the the numbers changed and i went again from you know back from from having to you know sell the child and sell platelets and sell amy to to pay tax because it was you know effectively saying you didn't pay enough to say nope you're fine in fact you know you still get your refund and and all was well but it was a very interesting experience from a kind of human interaction and thought provoking for software design and also just made me think about some of the engineering problems and to 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 sum up this thing it's like it's very easy to talk about the minutia of 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 a particular API and 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 whatnot, but if, if you are not thinking very very holistically about about the user experience, 
and how all the other aspects of what you do have to feed into that, how incredibly hard it is to be able to kind of figure out what exactly something should do and what the tone should be. And um, that is incredibly hard. Who knew, Scotty? But consumer software is fucking hard to get right. <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, we have the problem as well with Moneywell. Moneywell's in a, it's not a unique situation, but it's in a, uh, a particular situation where it's actually quite old software. Uh, I mean, it, it's sort of 12, 13 years old. But because of part of its history, you know, it's it's not got the number of users that 12-year-old software should have because it went through a period of being effectively abandoned where and, and lost, you know, massive percentage of its users during that time. Um, so the reality is Moneywell only survives as an application if it begins to get you know, a, a shitload of new users over the coming years as part of its redevelopment and re-release. Um, so, so we have to be looking to the future and the, re- the requirements of the future users. However, being 10-year-old software that was abandonware, the, the, the users that we still do have, which of which there are thousands, um, you know, they have stuck with the software because they, you know, it must be because it absolutely does the job for them or they absolutely love it. And therefore, you know, any any change that changes money well from this thing that they have stuck with through thick and thin, through being abandoned, through getting no updates for like three or four years, you know, it, you don't want to make them suddenly feel abandoned when suddenly the software isn't abandoned anymore. So we're like between a bit between a rock and a hard place where we we if if people want this product to survive we have to look to the future and 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 what future users of moneywell want but at the same time we we do want to reward and thank um and and, and treat with respect those who've stuck with it uh through so long when basically they were being uh, treated like shit as users because no one was looking after them and 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 sometimes those two things don't add up Sometimes it is in is impossible to do both, and um, you know, you you have to make tough choices. Indeed. Well, Scotty, we're we're starting to get close to to having to turn this off. But you you said that you know this software is old. And speaking of old, you know, <laughs> the original one of the the original founder of of, of Moneywell Enterprises, Kevin Hochter, um, was the subject. <laughs> He's going to love of, that. <laughs> <laughs> Was 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 being taunted <laughs> by by Alex Reptio, you know, one of my favorite people from 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 the community. Who who you know, he and Kevin came over some time ago. Uh, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, and and we had lunch together, and we went on a kind of a photo walk about and to, to to do some tourism. So Alex had his his camera at the ready, and and of course me being always a shit stir and and somebody to pose. He showed this picture. I had forgotten about it, which was basically an entreaty. And it, you know, don't, don't, don't be a bully. So he posed me, kind of punching poor Kevin Hochter, or kind of posing to it. And I have another one similar. I guess that's the, that's the theme. I always try to, to kind of punch above my weight in a cartoonish fashion. But uh, that spurred all sorts of discussion about kind of physical age and mental age and where it settled down. I said, well, you know, mentally, I really have not progressed past being an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> And, and then and then it was the fight. With I think you'll be a generous eight. I know, really. I think it's like eight months, probably. <laughs> but you know, I will wear it proudly because, in all honesty, I think that there there probably are some magic ages of of children where they have you know language ability, they can make comments, um, and they've they've observed enough in the world that they can they can point out funny patterns or hypocrisy in the universe 
um, but they're not angry teenagers quite yet. So I, I, I will wear eight-year-old boy pretty proudly. Um, but it, it, it also it, it introduced me some some folks um, uh, through another listener, uh, Mark, who who basically said, you know, uh, hey, here are all these other folks that 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 work at Netflix that I were aware of, and and those are folks that don't work on on the iOS UI side, but kind of um, on some of the infrastructure side. And my gosh, I you know, I, I have. N- I, I, I have no idea how that, that is done. I mean, I have some conceptual ideas, but I, I stand in awe of, of what's done to be able to keep the infrastructure running to, to, to have a service the scale of Netflix. And I benefit from the ability that I can press, pre- press a button on something and an amazing amount of work gets done, an amazing amount of automation to be able to set things up and the, the amount of, 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 of data that we have to, to use to do analytics. It's, it's, it's pretty stunning. Um, so kudos to all these folks. Yes, indeed. Even the old ones like Hockter. Exactly. Well, Scotty, <laughs> if people want to remind you <laughs> that you're old, <laughs> where might they do that? Oh, wait, sorry. There was one. I have to forgot this. This is what happens when you're old and you forget. Uh, fractional listener Georg begged me to, to say, hey, can we say, well, I should say this. Georg, I hope you're happy because there was no discussion of Android and we're, I've already claimed that we're at the end of it. So this will be an Android dev um, free segment, right, Scotty? And so, Scotty, if people wanted to ask you to, to never ever to speak of that again or to otherwise taunt you, where might they do that? <laughs> I love the fact that our fractional listener, you know, I, I know there's, you only have to listen to the show sometimes, but now demanding you only have to listen to part of the show that you're assigned to listen to, I think, <laughs> is, you know, you're going to be a partial listener of part of the show. What did he say? I have to be renamed to Andrew Devnet and, you know, stop, glor- yeah, exactly. stop glorifying mediocrity. <laughs> It's, 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 it's nice to know who your friends are, isn't it? <laughs> but there we exactly. Are. So, if you are welcome to the Android Free Zone this week, um, Georg, and it wasn't your turn to listen, so there you go. Up yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get hold of me on Twitter. It's uh, uh, MacDevNet. <laughs> And because uh, that's what I was saying, because actually I'm not sure I want to hear from anybody if, if that's the type of thing I get. But, uh, John, when people want to heap praise upon you for uh, filing your taxes on time and working out how to use the software, how should they do that? Uh, well, they can find me on, on Twitter where all civil discussion, especially two weeks before, you know, an election takes place. And I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Well, John, it's been nice to sit and talk to you and talk about problems that we can't solve. It just, <laughs> it just makes it feel like the rest of my life. <laughs> you were you were just another part of a, a, a of an ongoing cycle but if it's been your turn to listen to this week well, thank you thank you for that and uh, until next time you take care Thank you.